Thank you. Be seated, please. Well, we are uh, continuing a series of messages that we began just uh, a couple of weeks ago on the book of Jeremiah. And uh, it's, a, it's an amazing book, an ancient book, over 2,600 years old. Uh, there's nothing else like that in the world, that uh, they have literature that we know is that old and still has relevance for us today. So this morning we are going to be talking about coming to a crossroads. And, and I, I know that some of you are experiencing those feelings of kind of being at the crossroads, wondering which way do I go. And I pray that God's word today would speak to you by his spirit and that you would have the sense of, Lord, which way do you want me to go? So I want you to hear this word from Jeremiah 6.16. Um, and this is a time, uh, even though we don't like you to, uh, you know, send private texts to your boyfriend during this time, we do want you to be free to open your iPads, your iPhones to the scriptures. And uh, some of you are old school like me, so you have one of these things. And uh, we want you to be able to freely go to the Word of God and listen with us and hear the Word of God. This is Jeremiah 6.16, and this is God's Word for Hope Covenant Church. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Standing at a crossroads. In his first inaugural address, Franklin Delano Roosevelt January 20th of 1937, admitted that the United States of America had lost its way. In his inaugural speech, this is what he said. We do not know where we are going, he said, but we are on our way. Now, some people laughed. He didn't intend it to be a joke, but some people laughed at that. We don't know where we're going, but we're on our way. You see... Roosevelt was speaking into a context that was very complicated. Uh, still reeling from World War I, about 15 years before, uh, seeing that there was a, a, a tremendous famine in the United States, especially in the southwest, Oklahoma and east Texas. Hearing about this young, vib vibrant chancellor in Germany that was moving across Europe trying to take Poland and other countries by the name of Hitler. The economy was in the tank because of the crash of 1929. In all of these things, Roosevelt realized that we have simply lost our way. We don't know where we're going. And if we did know where we were going, we wouldn't know how to get there. Now, Jeremiah could have said the very same thing about his times. People had lost all sense of direction. There were no landmarks. And they were disoriented. Uh, they groped in bewilderment and and wandered in the darkness. And they, they needed a landmark, and, and Jeremiah gave them one. And, and this text, that seems kind of obtuse, but listen to these words. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. That's what we're going to look at today. What is the ancient paths? Ask where the good way is, and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. I wonder how many of you have felt like at different times in your life, maybe you feel like it today, that you're standing at a crossroads. I don't know which way to go. 
I remember so clearly uh, the first time I really felt like I was standing at a crossroads. It was the spring of 1970. I had just started dating my soon-to-be wife and bride, Sherry. Uh, I was finishing up my studies at San Diego State University as a mechanical design engineer. I'd been working for a year and a half at an at a engineering company called Chemtronics, and they had paid for my last two years of college so that I would work for them and then extend my work for them two years after I graduated. Everything was in place. Except there was this gnawing sense inside of me that God wanted me to go in the ministry. Now, my wife, my wife-to-be signed off on that. But, and my parents signed off on that. But my in-laws, Sherry's parents, we weren't married yet. My dad, my father and I could not see how you could go from making a lot of money as an engineer to making $150 a month as a part-time youth pastor. He just didn't see the logic in that. And there wasn't any logic at that, but I can, I can literally see myself standing at that crossroads. God, make it clear to me. I need to know. Because if I, if I go this way, if I go the way of ministry, man, it seems like I've thrown away this way completely. And, and God says, I want you to know that even in that moment of recognizing that you're not quite sure, God is faithful. We sang that song. That God says, I'll never let you be alone. I'll never let you walk alone. I'll, I'll be faithful to you. I heard a sermon uh, around this time when I was, uh, I took a bunch of high school kids to San Diego Youth for Christ. And in the sermon, the pastor talked about, about knowing God's will. And what he said in there is, sometimes you don't know God's will, but what you do is you think, figure out the best way you can and just go for it. God can close a door. He can open a door. Just go for it. And that night I said, Lord... This doesn't make a lot of sense. Throw away my college degree. Go to four more years of seminary. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go this way. This way that is not the the road less traveled, Robert Frost said. The the way that doesn't make sense. And, And Lord, I'm just hoping that you will bless me. God wants to meet you at the crossroads. He wants you to know that He is with you. He wants you to know that He wants you to use your gifts and your abilities, your, your brain and your hands to come up with every way you can to say, I, I think this is the way I should go, but Lord, please show me the way. We need God's help when we face a crossroads. Now, whether it's in your personal life or in the United States of America in 2013, where we face all kinds of pressures, whether it be the school shootings, the nuclear holocaust potential, uh, the fear of our economy collapsing, or we were in 7th century B.C. under the tyranny of the Assyrians, what Israel felt, we feel like we're at this crossroads. I talked to a young man this last week, and he was confessing some things in his life, and he said, I have completely lost my way. Sometimes that's exactly what we feel like. We feel like we're at a fork in the road. We feel like we're at a moment of decision. We feel like there is something that we need to do and a way that we need to go. And so we feel like these children of Israel. And we say, what do we do with this choice? There's a wonderful passage uh, in the Bible. It's found in Joshua. Uh, Joshua had led the children successfully into the promised land. And Moses didn't have that privilege, but Joshua did. And that was the end of Joshua's life. And he looked at his people and he said, Now, I know this is going to sound kind of harsh, but you guys have to, you guys have to make up your minds what you're going to do. And this is what he said in Joshua 24. 
Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love that from Joshua. I love that. He's not saying like, now, this Jeremiah. if Jeremiah was talking, he'd say, do it my way. Do it God's way. But Joshua says, listen, you guys have shown me for the last 80 years wandering around the wilderness, right? You've showed me and you showed Moses and you've showed others that you're not quite sure that you want to follow the God of Israel. You still think maybe the God of Baal might be okay. You still think the God of the Amorites might be okay. It might be something that will really satisfy. It'll be something really cool, a new God that'll really make you happy. So Joshua said, I'm not telling you what to do. What I am telling you is this. Make up your mind. Figure it out. You're going to go the way of Baal? You're going to go the way of God. You're standing at a crossroads. Decide what you're going to do. Now, it happened again uh, when uh, the, the Elijah was confronted, uh, confronted the prophets on Mount Baal, Mount Carmel, excuse me, Baal, uh, the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Uh, it was the same kind of crossroads, uh, offering the same two choices, God's way or the highway. This is what Elijah said in 1 Kings 18. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. I love this about God's word. It says, you know what? I know that God created you with a free will. I know that God created you with the ability to choose, to pick and choose. But both of these, whether it's Joshua or Elijah, are saying, listen, you've got to figure this out. Pick a way. Pick a road. Pick a path. Make a choice. Which way are you going to walk? That's what Jeremiah said to the children of Israel in the 7th century B.C. We need to understand that God is with us at this road, at this juncture. And sometimes we don't know what to do. And sometimes we don't know which way to go. And so one of the best ways things we can do is simply ask for directions, right? I mean, when a nation or a church or an individual comes to a crossroads, it helps to have good road signs, uh, good directions, uh, it, it, it's helpful to uh, have a good GPS system on your car. I remember um, a few years ago, actually about five years ago, when mom and dad were still living here, and they got a, a new Avalon, a Toyota, and it had a GPS system on it. So dad got it all set up, and it fixed it and everything. And so he said, could try it out. He put in the destination, and he started going, because he knew where he was going. He started going and driving there. And if, immediately Siri comes on and says, hey, hey. Well, she, she doesn't say hey. She says, at the next safe place, make a U-turn. Well, doing what every man would do, you totally ignore it. In fact, you argue with Siri. You've done it. Don't tell me you haven't. And so he kept saying, corner after corner, up at the next safe place, make a U-turn. And, and what Siri was wanting to say is, you're going the wrong way. But she didn't know how to say that. And so he kept going. Kept, finally, he did what every red-blooded American would do. He shut her off. Okay? Now, somebody told me after, after first service that uh, he has an even more complicated thing. He has Siri telling him one thing and his wife telling him another thing. And then it's really confusing. You know, then it's really bad. But so he finally just shut it off. And sure enough, about 10 miles down the road, he realized he was going the wrong way. We need good maps. We need good GPS. We need a good direction. And what that ancient path is for our direction is, and this is what's really fascinating, is the Word of God. That thing that Josiah the king 
discovered when they had the ruins of the, the temple and they went through all the rubble and they discovered this ancient scroll, which is the Bible, at least the part of the Bible they had those days, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, some of the songs of Solomon and some of the Psalms and, and some of the Bible. And he said, this is the way, this is the ancient path. You want to know which way to go? Look at the Word of God. He would say the same thing to, to us today. How many of you have had the experience where you haven't quite known which way to go or what you should do and, and you're quite not sure what you should do? So you say, I, I just need some help. I need to know the way of the Word of God. Look, at Jeremiah 6.19 says it this way. I'm, I'm skipping around, Rob, so we're on page 5 now. Sorry. They have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. Okay, they've rejected the law. They say, okay, that ancient path of God's word? No, I don't want that. I don't want that. All of us have the ancient path in our hands. The word of God that wants to direct us. The word of God that wants to comfort us and and give us direction and joy. Uh, We have that in our hands, but we simply reject it. Now, one of the great passages in the Bible is Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a love story about God's Word. It speaks about the beauty and the wonder of this amazing ancient book. And Jeremiah is telling his people, you guys need to go back to the scroll that Josiah read in front of the whole company. You need to go back to the Word of God. You want the ancient path? The ancient path isn't the good old religion. In fact, it's everything but religion. The ancient path is not religion. It's not doing the right thing. The ancient path is going back to the Word of God. The ancient path is going back to that time when you fell in love with God, that time that you had this intimate relationship with Him. That's the ancient path. And so we have this wonderful book in Psalm 119. Listen to some of the things it says. Psalm 119.1 Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, they walk, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, staying on track, it means going down the biblical path. The psalmist loved and read and meditated on and prayed through God's Word. If you needed a smooth way for a journey, if you needed to know which direction to go, you go to the Word of God. Listen to these verses. I run the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Psalm 119.32. You have set my heart free. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I will find delight. Psalm 119.35. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. Psalm 119.59. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I, have every, I hate every wrong path. Psalm 119, 104. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 119, 105. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Psalm 119, 133. Isn't that beautiful? The word of God will set you free. The word of God will delight you. The word of God will give you understanding. The word of God will provide a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. You want to know the ancient way? You stand at the crossroads. Which way do I go? You go to the book. You say, how can this book inform me and bless me and help me? That's the mystery and the beauty of this ancient book. So we are uh, in it's, uh, the spring of 2000. And I'm out of the ministry now. I've been out of the ministry for three years because of my gambling addiction. And the board of the ministry just reordained me in February of 2000. So now I'm ready, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm ready and free to uh, receive a call to another church. Only the calls weren't coming. I mean, I was damaged goods. And uh, the calls just weren't coming. I had a couple of inquiries, but nothing until about uh, April 
uh, I got a call from Stacey Heimkees, who was the chairman of the search committee, and she was wondering if I might be interested in talking to the search committee. Well, I had nothing else to do because uh, nobody else was calling me, so I said, sure, Stacy, I'd love to talk to you. And so we talked, and, uh, and we had a really good conversation, and I had a really good vibe about this little church meeting in the strip mall, and it was feeling really good, and Sherry and I were praying about it. We hadn't told anybody in our family yet about this. And then Sherry's sister called up Sherry while we were praying about this, and she said, you know, uh, her name's Andra. She lives in Oceanside. Andra said, you know what? God gave me a verse last night in the middle of the night for you and Dwayne. I know you're waiting for a call from a church, and I know it's hard to wait, but God gave me a verse for you and, and Dwayne. And Sherry said, well, what's the verse? And she said, well, it's Isaiah 58, 11. And Andrew said, let me read it for you. And so this is what Andrew read. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Our eyebrows raised. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen you, your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. That was a word from our sister in Oceanside about we're in Minnesota and we're trying to figure out if we should consider this call to a sun-scorched land. We've been here for 12 years. It's still sun-scorched. In fact, we arrived here the end of June 2000. It was a sun-scorched land and it still is. But praise be to God. The Word of God, and we took that as a sign from God. You might think we're kind of mystical. We're not. But we took that as a sign from God. We said, you know what? I think God wants us to do this. God's Word wants to inform you. You stand at a crossroads. Now, I'm not talking about doing this deal where you close your eyes and you go like this. But you allow the Word of God to be in you and around you and through you and come out of you and take it in your mind and in your heart. You let the Word of God inform when you stand at that crossroads and say, which way should I go? You have a choice. Joshua said that. Elijah said that. You've got a choice. What are you going to do? Sometimes we have these signs maybe from God and we don't really recognize them as signs and we say, well, what should I do? I don't know what should I do. And and sometimes God says, you know what? You just need to listen. You need to pay attention. And in that vein, I want you to take a look at this clip. I think you'll enjoy it. Tell me what's going on. What should I do? Give me a signal. Please send me a sign. Ah, what's this joker doing now? Okay. All right. I'll try your way. All right. Lord, I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please. Reach into my life.
Smite you, little rat! Smite me! Almighty Smiter! You're the one who should be fired! The only one around here not doing his job is you! Answer me! I don't know why people say that he overacts, you know. Uh, but you felt like that, haven't you? God, why don't you answer me? The ancient path is knowing and understanding the Word of God, letting God give you direction for your life. Sometimes God says, you know, you're choosing the wrong way. Uh, look at uh, what uh, uh, Jeremiah 6.20 says. What do I care about incense from Sheba? or sweet calamus from a distant land. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable. Your sacrifices do not please me. See, the ancient path is not the old-time religion. The ancient path is not trying to figure out a way, a pathway to God, rolling stones, right? Or the Tower of Babel. You know, trying to find, how can I get up to God? Religion is always trying to figure out how can we get up to God. The ancient way is not the old religion. It's not the old sacrificial way. The ancient way is the Word of God and it's that personal relationship with Him. It's always been the same. It was a personal relationship in the Garden of Eden. It was a personal relationship with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, with Joseph. It was a personal relationship always. It was not about religion. It was about you knowing God and God knowing you. God wants our hearts. Now, there's an example of that. Uh, in one of the other prophets, uh, Amos, the prophet Amos. Uh, here in Amos' time, it's about 100 years before Jeremiah, uh, the Israelites were ignoring the poor. Uh, they would give their tithe. Part of their tithe was supposed to go to the poor, and they would ignore that part of the tithe. Uh, they would uh, marginalize people. They would be exclusive. They would not want any non-Jews around them. There was a spirit of pride and hypocrisy and elitism. Not that we've ever seen that in the United States of America, but uh, there was this spirit of pride and hypocrisy and elitism. Their hearts did not reflect the heart of God. And this is what the Lord said in Amos chapter 5. God said, I hate, listen, this is harsh words, I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harp. Do you know what God was saying to the Israelites then? He, had said it, he says it to the Pharisees uh, 700 years after that, and he says it to the church of Jesus Christ today. If it's not about a relationship with me, if it's not about a loving, passionate, dynamic relationship with the living God, if it's about religion and about doing things and about a checklist and about if I check all these things off, I'll be okay, then I, I want nothing to do with it. God doesn't want religion. He wants a relationship. There was a, um, a man who came uh, to church by church yesterday um, and he just moved into the neighborhood. I, I didn't see him in the first service. He said they might be here. He might be out there somewhere. I don't know. But I won't say his name because I haven't asked permission. But he came by and he said, we're new to the area and um, we've never been really churchgoers, but we've got two little kids and another one on the way. And we figured we're in a new city, new start. Let's go to church. And so he came over and he was asking about uh, our church and I was telling him. And the thing that was so neat is I was telling him this stuff just kind of poured out of me. I said, we're, we're, not a church, we're not a church about religion. 
And he kind of looked at me like, huh? The church, not about religion? I said, no. I said, everything that we do is about having this relationship with Christ that, is, um, that makes you alive. And it makes you um, forgiven. And it makes you graced. And it makes you whole. And I didn't use those kind of words. I used words that he could understand. But I talked about all of these things. That we're a church about offering the love of Jesus Christ that will change your life. That's the ancient past. That's not a new past. That's the ancient past. Our, we, we say always that there's two hills that we'll die on as a church. And those are always the same thing. The first one is the Bible is the Word of God. That's the ancient past. The second thing is that every person in this room, every person in Chandler, every person in the United States, every person in the world can experience a life-changing transformation by knowing Jesus Christ. Everyone. That's the ancient path. That's not some new way. That's not some new gadget or some new way of doing things at church. That is the ancient way. We believe that. We embrace that. That's who we are. Malachi said it this way. He will turn the hearts not the obedience, not the checklist. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers. It's not about what you give, but it's about your heart. You see, when you have a heart for God, then you have a generous heart for God's people and you have a generous heart for the world around you. When you have a heart for God, it changes everything in your life. You don't have to do a checklist. You don't have to make sure that you're being obedient in all these areas. You simply love God and you will love people as Jesus loves people. The ancient path, the good way, is the teaching of the Word of God and experiencing a personal relationship with God. The dance of redemption. Personal relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. 2,600 years ago, Jeremiah wrote this. And today we are living it. Jesus promised his disciples in John 14 that he would prepare a way, he would prepare a path to eternity with God. The disciples are kind of confused, but this is what the, how the text goes in John 14. Thomas said to him, you know, they're confused about what Jesus is saying. So Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where we're going, where you are going. And, and how can we know the way? See, they're standing at a crossroads. Uh, it's after the crucifixion. Uh, it's after the resurrection. Uh, they thought all of their hopes were dashed because Jesus was dead. Now he's alive. They have no idea what they're supposed to do. They're standing there and say, okay, now what do we do? We're standing in a crossroad. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. See, the ancient past is the new path. God always made a way for him to know his creation. God always made a way for him to have a relationship with his children. And Jesus Christ was that way. You want to walk the ancient path? You want to recognize the ancient path when you're standing at a crossroads? Where do I, do I move somewhere else? Do I take a different job? Do I go into the ministry? Do I go to the mission field? How do I treat my wife? All these questions can be answered through two dynamic, powerful, ancient ways. The Word of God and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the ancient way. That is the way that you will know when you come to a crossroads, which way do I go? The prophet Amos said it this way, and he summed up this ancient way. He said this. He said, seek me and live. 
seek me and live. Not seek religion, not seek a list of do's and don'ts, seek me and live. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Every head bowed and eye closed. Father, this ancient way is uh, somewhat confusing. We always think that there must be something that we've missed, uh, something that maybe is really cool that we've never heard of, but, but your ancient way is so beautiful, it's so powerful in its simplicity and how profound it is. The ancient way is going back to those two hills that we die on as a covenant church, that the Bible is the Word of God. It is a light into our path, a lamp into our feet. The Word of God brings us joy and understanding. The Word of God brings us grace and hope and forgiveness. It is that ancient path that helps us to turn the right way. But Father, the other, way, the other part of that ancient path that is so amazing, it is simply this. It is you, the God of all things, that God created the heavens and the earth, that the wave of his arm, he created the universe. That God who is all-powerful, all-present, omniscient, all-everything, that God wants to have a relationship with me and with you. That ancient path is the path that Jesus spoke of when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. With every head bowed and eye closed, I'd like to ask you a very personal question this morning. Are you on that ancient path? Do you embrace God's word? Do you have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ? You can. The Bible says it's a matter of faith. It's not a matter of doing something. It's a matter of believing. And so this morning, I would just like to ask if there are those of you who have never experienced that personal relationship with God through his son, that you would simply consider to pray this prayer and pray it with faith. Even if you don't have very much faith, just a little tiny bit of faith is all you need. I just pray this prayer with faith if you've never experienced God's love in this way. Don't pray it out loud, but just pray it in the quietness of your own heart as I offer these words. Pray something like this. Dear God, I need you. I feel like my life is filled with crossroads. And so often I feel like I go the wrong way. But I don't want to go the way of other gods. I want to go the way of you. And so, Lord, even though I don't understand a lot of this that Pastor Dwayne's talked about, and, but I do feel that you're moving in my heart to, for me to take this step. So with the little amount of faith I have, I pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and make a place for me in your everlasting presence. That's my prayer. And I pray it in Jesus' name. With your head still bowed and your eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who you are so that I can pray for you. So if you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand? And when you raise your hand, just look up at me. Just make eye contact with me. God bless you, hon. Yes. Yes, God bless you. Are there others? Just look up and raise your hand with me. Yes, God bless you, hon. Anyone else? Father, the ancient path is not so ancient after all. 
It's the path that you've made for all people, for all time. It's the word of God. It's the relationship with God through his son, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you and celebrate that these individuals who have raised their hands today have said yes to you. Yes, I want you. Yes, I believe in you. Yes, I want to experience forgiveness of my sins and life everlasting. Yes, I say yes to that. Lord, there may be others that didn't raise their hands that would say that prayer as well. And we ask you to receive them into your kingdom as well. Now, Father, we just are so blessed to be your children. We're so blessed to be a church where we understand what the ancient path looks like. And I pray that each and every one of us would move faithfully into those two hills. The Bible is the word of God, and we can know and love and serve Jesus with all our heart. And may that truth be ours. May we embrace it today, tomorrow, and forevermore. And we do pray all of these things in the ancient name of Yahweh, Jehovah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people together said, Amen.